This episode has been brought to you by Project Ikute Torah, where we are here to help you learn, live, and love Torah Or and Lakute Torah. To learn more about us, visit projectikutetorah.org. This week, we're learning the Sidka of Parshus Kisisa Tavshunun Beis. It can be found in Sefer Asitus. Tavshunun Beis, Chelek Beis, page 423. Just to note that this is the very, very last full Fabringen that is Muga that is edited by the Rebbe. And the editor Hashem, we should hear new Sitkas, new Fabringens, and see the Rebbe, Melok Biyofia, take it from Yad Mansh. So the Rebbe starts over the Sizzle by saying that in Parshas Pistisa we find a special thing, a special Kiddush and novelty. In this Parsha is being discussed matters from one extreme all the way to the other extreme. We have this story about the first Lukhoi's being given. We have the Cheto Ego and the breaking of the Lukhoi's. The Parsha discusses the Tikkun fixing up and the atonement for the Chet through the Tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu. We speak about Moshe Rabbeinu seeing the Kovei, the glory of the Ebeshter. There's the Yedgimu Midas HaRachamim, the giving of the second set of Luchais, and all the way at the very, very end of the Parsha, Koran Or Pnei Moshe, Moshe's face is shining and is radiant. Even though, of course, these are all things that did happen as one flow and one continuation, one to the other. Nevertheless, in addition to the fact that we need to understand why the Torah, now Torah we know is Lashon Torah is always a lesson to us, why the Torah needs to tell us by Rikos with great length about all of the negative things going on, especially that one may ask, whatever happened, happened. And usually Torah avoids speaking about the disgrace even of a non-kosher animal. So the question is, why does the Torah generally have to relate all of this to us? And especially put it all together, even though, yes, technically they did all happen one after the other, but they seem to be things that are so far apart from each other, so different to each other, from one extreme to the other extreme, with the greatest distance in between them, as it ever goes on to elaborate. On the one hand, we have the first set of Luchais, which are the greatest and highest thing that were given from above, given from Hashem. As the Pasuk says, Va'aluchais ma'iseyelikim heimah, that the Lukas were made by Hashem, written by Hashem. So that's on the one hand. On the other hand, you have the breaking of the Lukas because of the ego. Now that's obviously the greatest, greatest descent. We have on the one hand, the, the 13 attributes of mercy, and Moshe Rabbeinu seeing the glory of Hashem. Once again, this is something so high, so great, and so powerful. We then have, the giving of the second set of Lukas, which is a completely different category, as the Pasuk says, Psalukhom Moshe Rabbeinu himself has to carve it out. It comes because of the sin and the breaking of the first set of Lukas. They're given in a completely separate time. The first set of Lukas is given at the end of the first 40 days. The last Lukas are given at the end of the third set, of the last set of 40 days on Yom Kippur. So we're speaking about things that are quite different to each other, far apart from each other. And nevertheless, they all come as one continuation with one flow and one partial. From this we understand that it is important to know that they are all part of one hemshed of one Indian. Furthermore, in our partial, 
The parasha also discusses the details about the quality and the greatness of the first set of Luchos. Luchos Edwin Suvim Be'etzbele came that they're written by Hashem, that they're written and can be read from both sides, that the Hashem is the one that made them, wrote them, and engraved on them. And furthermore, even when we speak about the Luchos and Haronis in the parasha, the Pasuk is once again emphasizing how the first Luchos are greater. By saying the Abish telling Moshe Rabbeinu, you should carve out two stones like Harishain, like the first ones. Meaning, they're only similar to the first ones, but they're not as great as the first ones, which were made by Hashem Himself. And the question is if we want to speak about the details of the first set of Luchos, it would have seemed more appropriate to put that in at the end of Parsha Mishpatim. Where that the main place that the Torah discusses the first set of Luchos, where the Torah says, Hashem says to Moshe, I made you come up to the mountain, I'll give you the Luchos of stone. Whereas in this parsha, since it seems to be that we're only discussing this as an introduction to the story of the ego and the breaking of the Luchos, it would have seemed that you could have just said very simply and very briefly that Hashem had given to Moshe, I made you the first set of Luchos. And then the people saw Moshe Rabbeinu was delaying, etc., etc. So the question basically is, how does it make sense that in the place where we're going to be speaking about the chayt and the, the sin, we're going to be speaking about the breaking of the first set of luchos, why is it specifically here that we're now being told new things about the quality and the greatness about the first set of luchos? The Rebbe says it's similar to a posik loyeg lorosh, chas v'sholem, it's similar to an idea of laughing at somebody, laughing of a poor person that doesn't have, laughing at somebody that doesn't have something in a similar way here, doctor were breaking the Luchos, we're suddenly starting to speak about the greatness of the Luchos. Obviously from all of this is understood that the Luchos are showing over here, the first set of Luchos are not only being said as an introduction, as secondary to the story of the Egel and the breaking of the Luchos, rather, the Torah wants to give us a message over here how all of this is one unit. It's one union. There's the Lukas, Rishonis, the first set of Lukas, the breaking of the Lukas, and the second set of Lukas. Even according to Rashi, that we know that there's a Mukdulum Ulkhur Torah, the Torah is not necessarily written in chronological order. And Rashi explains that the story of the Edo was a long time before the Mishkan was built. Because Shiva Asturbatamus is when the Luchis were broken. Young Kippur, the Abishta fully forgave the Yidn, and that's where they got the second set of Luchis. And after that, they started donating for the Mishkan. The Rebbe says, nevertheless, seemingly this is still not an, uh, an explanation enough to tell us why the Torah has to tell us all of these details regarding the first Luchis which seemingly, once again, would have been at the end of Parshas Mishvatim. And furthermore, based on what's known, that even when we say in Mukdom there's still a reason why Torah is giving us a specific Torah. Every matter of Torah is obviously completely and 100% accurate, including the order of Torah. So the question is, why are these things discussed over here in Parshas Kisisa? In addition to this, the says the Rebbe, it would seem to be that there's another aspect at the end of the parsha that seemingly doesn't have a connection at all to all of this, 
And that is that Simui, the command for the Sholish Rogolim. How does that fit into the whole story of the Luchlois, the first set, the breaking of the Luchlois, the Cheta Egil, etc., and blasted of Luchlois? Says the Rebbe in Steve Bates, this question becomes even stronger when we look at the name of the Parsha. The name of the Parsha is Kisisa. It is known that the name of a Parsha represents, it indicates the point of the whole Parsha. If that's the case, we need to understand regarding our Parsha, the name Kisisa simply is referring to the command at the beginning of the Parsha to give the Machatis HaShekel. Kisisa there literally means to count when you want to count in Yidin. Seemingly, this doesn't have a connection to most of the Parsha. As said before, most of the Parsha is discussing completely different issues, which seemingly have no connection to the beginning of the Parsha. Furthermore, the story of the Egel, which is such a big part of our Parsha, is a Eurego, is a descent that there is nothing like it. We are told that by the Chete Tzadas, there was a certain impurity that came into the world, and gone away by Matan Torah, and by the Cheto Egel, that returned now. Cheto Egel is considered the hand, the root, the source of all other problems, of all other sins. The Pasuk says that the Egel just says whenever he's going to punish Yidl, part of the punishment is also going to be for the Cheto Egel. And now let's think about what the name of the Parsha is. Kisisa, which literally means lifting up. Kisisa is already lifting up. The hand, the elevation of the Eden, how does that fit with the tremendous descent of what the whole Parsha seems to be speaking about? Says the Rebbe, in the end of the Parsha, we have a story about Moshe Rabbeinu's face shining, being radiant. And the question over here also is, why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu gets this specific, special advantage of his face shining so brightly, specifically after the second set of Luchais? and not after the first set of Luchis. You would have thought that Moshe Rabbeinu, by the first set of Luchis, already had tremendous Gili Ashkina, similar like in the later days. And Hadra, by the contrary, the Gili Likus, the revelations of God leaders, by the first set of Luchis, since they were made by Hashem, would have been even greater than the last, than the second set of Luchis, which were made by Moshe Rabbeinu. In addition to the fact that the first set of Luchis was coming straight after, the big shturil, the big commotion, and all of the excitement of Matan Torah, where the second set of Luchis were given silently and quietly. How does it make sense that it's specifically by the second set of Luchis that Moshe Rabbeinu gains this extra glow of light? Explains the Rambin, Zev Gimel, that to understand all of this, we're going to first have a look at the idea that every single parsha in the Torah, out of the 53 parshas in the Torah, every single one of these parshas has something unique about it, in which it is different to all of the other parshas, as can be understood from the fact that we read every parsha from the beginning to the end, we read it once a year on the Shabbos of that parsha. So every parsha has its unique message, its unique union. So too regarding parshas Kisiso, in addition to the fact that Parshas Kisisa is a Parsha for itself. Parshas Kisisa is an amazing Parsha, which has a Chindush, which has something unique and different to compare to all other Parshas. And that is, that Parshas Kisisa includes inside of itself what we would call the whole Seyderish Talshots. Parshas Kisisa includes 
from the highest of the highest things, from the beginning of the beginning, to the lowest of the low, to the end of the end, as the Rebbe will explain. Starting with, as the Ishtalshus and everything going on in the world is described in Torah, because, you know, from Torah, everything else comes out. So, Parashat Kisisa, in a sense, includes everything from the beginning of the Torah to the end of the Torah. And therefore, Parashat Kisisa is a Parsha that includes really everything. And the Rebbe is going to explain how that is. The truth of the matter is, everything in Torah really includes all other Yonin. As the Mishnah in Verkeobis tells us, really everything is to be found in Torah and in every part in Torah. And the Rebbe says, this doesn't only mean the whole pin, the whole Torah, you can find everything, but rather in every piece of Torah, in every detail of Torah, really everything else is included, especially if you're speaking about a whole parsha. Nevertheless, usually the other aspects of Torah and the other aspects of the world are only hinted. And you need to work hard on finding it, on revealing it. What means you need to search, you need to look. Where is in Parshas Kistisa the Chiddush is that in a revealed way, in a way of Torah things being written down in a revealed, clear way, you could see that Parshas Kistisa is something that includes all of Seyed Ishtal all of Torah, all of the things going on in the world from the beginning to the end. So what the Rebbe is going to do now is first explain how the world generally works, how the Abishta set up the world, all of Seyed Ishtal and then show how that is in Torah and in Parshas Kisiso. So the Rebbe explains the city of Dalit. The Abish just set up that everything generally is divided into three. What the Rebbe refers to over here as Roish, Toir, and Soif. The hand, the beginning, that is, the middle, and the end. So of course, first of all, you have the beginning of every single thing, which will include what the whole purpose of whatever the matter is. Then you have the thing itself. And then, of course, from that you come to the bottom line, to the sahakoil, to the end result of what you have at the end of any given thing. As we know, soif meister b'mashamot chilos. So there's the plan at the beginning, there's the actual thing, and then there's the result at the end. The Rebbe says, generally, this could also be seen as the three things of Torah, the world, and the Gula, the Rebbe explains. Torah is the Yesoid, is the foundation, is the beginning for everything. As the Chazal say, Torah is called Reish's Darkoi. Torah is the beginning, it precedes the world. It is the purpose of why the Abishta created the world. Bereishis, the Abishta created the world because of the Torah that is called Reish's. So that is Torah which precedes the world. That's the number one. Then comes number two, the world itself, the creation of the world itself, all of Seyed Ishtal our avoider within the world to bring the world to its purpose. As we said, the world is Bishvila Torah. And then comes stage number three, the ultimate result. The bottom line is by the on when it will be fulfilled the purpose for which the Abish created the world straight from the beginning. So again, we have three things, and this is going to be a very big theme in the Sikha. We have the beginning, and in this case, the Rebbe is explaining to us that Torah is the beginning, the foundation of everything. Then we have point number two. In this case, it's the world, and the whole avoider that we are doing within the world. And finally, stage number three is the Gula. These three things 
are hinted in the first three letters of the Aleph base. So we have, first of all, the Aleph, which stands for Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, the beginning of the Aseris Adibrish, in which all of Torah is included. So that's the Aleph. Then comes Beis. Beis stands for Bereshis Borel Ekimus HaShemayim Vesaharetz. Chanzal tell us that the Abishta created the world with a base. So the base represents creation, Bereshis. And then finally, the Gimel, of course, represents Gimel. So Aleph, base and Gimel, Aleph is Torah and Reichi. The base is the world, Bereshis Borel Ekimus HaShemayim Vesaharetz. And Gimel represents Gula. Says Yerebbe, more specifically, we have all of these three things. And within the way the Abishta creates the world, within the Seydirish Falshulos, so we also have the number one is the Abishta's desire to create a world. That's number one. Number two is the creation itself. And number three is when the creation comes to its purpose through our avoid of bringing Yalikus into the world. And that is the third thing. To use the expression of Kabbalah and Siddhis, first you have an Oyri Yisoyi which fills all of existence. It's called the Oyri Yisoyi before the Tzimtzum, before the contraction. Then comes number two, the Tzimtzum, of the way the Avishter removes all of that light. And now, so to speak, you have a void, an empty place. But the purpose of that is that from there you have the Gilui, which is the idea of the revelation of godliness, which will come afterwards. Well, we bring in godliness into the world, and even this level of godliness, the way it's before the Tzimtzum, by making the whole world a dwelling place for Hashem, a dear is barren betachtoinim. So again, just to summarize this last point, where the Rebbe is explaining how we could look at the world and everything and divide it into three. The number one, the beginning, the middle, and the end. The Rebbe explained that, first of all, that that is Torah, the world, and Geula. Then the Rebbe explained it. That we had that within the Aleph base itself, Aleph base in Gimel, representing the Aleph is Torah, the Anoichi, the base is Beresh is the world, and the Gimel is the Gula. The Rebbe then explains how that is within the Seyed Ishtalshus. How first you have the will of the Abishta to create the world, that's within the world itself, the Rebbe is also dividing into three. The will of Hashem to create the world, the creation, and the purpose of creation, and in the language of Chsutas, we said, there's the Oyrin Soik, the way the Abishter is before the Tzimtzum. Then we added the Tzimtzum, and then the ultimate goal is to bring down into the world the greatest light of Hashem. Says the Rebbe, since we know that everything comes into the world in, through Torah, Torah is the blueprints for the world, the Abishter looks into the world to create the Torah. Therefore, Torah itself, we can also see in Torah also these three ideas. And the Rebbe is now looking within Torah, seeing these three points. Number one, you have the beginning of Torah, which is Bereshis. Now, Bereshis doesn't only include the beginning of the actual creation itself, but Bereshis is really hinting to that which comes even before that, to the Torah which precedes the world. And as we said before, the word Bereshis itself is really hinting that in Bishvil HaToyrosh in the cross, Bereshis, that the world is being created for the Torah which is called Bereshis. In fact, if you look at the base itself, what does base mean? Base means it's second. That means the base itself is telling you and hinting to you that there is something before that. It's coming second to the hour. So number one, we have the way the Bereshis is hinting to that which is before the creation, to the Torah. Then, of course, we have the actual Bereshis, Barley, Kibbas, Hashemai, and the sort of the actual creation itself. And we said even within creation, we divided that into three parts. 
the way the English just creating the world, as discussed before. Then we have all of the parties of the Torah, which are discussing everything, the way it's what's going on in the world, and our avoiding fulfilling the purpose of the world, which is all Bishula Torah, as we said. And as the Torah elaborates at great length in the Hamisha Kumshi Torah. And then we have at the very, very end of the Torah, and this is point number three, is the way the Amish says, showing Weishir Abenu, the end of the Zayf Amrachet, it says, the Amish says, showing Weishir Abenu, everything that's going to happen, Ad Ayoyim O'Achran, until the very, very last day. And furthermore, the Torah concludes about all the miracles and wonders that Weishir Abenu did in front of all of Yisrael, which this is the very, very ending of the Torah, which is, of course, connected to the Shleimus, to, to, to the perfection, to what we're going to have at the Bukulu, we know that Moshe is the first Redeemer, and the last Redeemer, when then too we will have the greatest Gileadikos, these miracles, as discussed in the end of the Torah, in front of the eyes of all the Yidden, as it says, So what do we have over here? Here, what the Rebbe is saying is that within Torah, again, we have a hint to these three ideas. Again, the Beresh is Baralikim. First of all, is hinting to that which comes before the Bereshis, which is the Torah, as we explained. Then comes the whole world, which is being discussed in the rest of Torah, how we're dealing with the world, and so on and so forth. And then you have the very, very ending of the Torah, where discussed is, first of all, Hayoim Akra and everything that happens until Mashiach comes in afterwards. And also all the miracles and wonders that are going to be, which were the times of Weishir Abenu, but also hinting to the miracles and wonders, the way they're going to be when Mashiach comes. Since there have been Pirkei Avois, we also have these three ideas. The beginning of the Pirkei Avois starts with Weishir Kibble Torah Mistina, which is again the general idea of Torah, and that as Chazal tell us, that everything that any proper Talmud will be Mechadish will come up with in future generations was also given to Weishir Abenu at Arsinai. So that's number one. You have the way Moshe Rabbeinu gets the Torah, and that includes really everything, the way it's going to be, what's going to come out later, so the potential for what's going to happen afterwards. Then you have point number two, where Mesorah, he gives it over and passes it out to future generations, commands them to set up more Talmudim and teach Torah to future generations and so on and so forth. This is all about the tradition and passing down Torah from generation to generation. And the Torah comes out in a revealed and detailed way through the Talmud Vosik as well. So that's stage number two. And then you have the end of Pirkei Avis, Hashem which includes the, the continuation of time for all, to the end of all time, which is referred to the when Hashem when Hashem will rule forever. When the whole world will be completely submitted to the Abishtha's kingdom, which this is the whole purpose of why the Torah was given over and, and to pass it down from generation to generation. So again, the Rebbe is looking at this concept of three in all of these different areas. It says the Rebbe via Shloimar that this is one of the reasons why we know that Matan Torah is very much connected to the number three, as the famous Gemara that says, Benched is the Amishter, blessed is Hashem that gave a Torah of three to a nation of three. Through Moshe Rabbeinu is considered the third, third in his family, and on a day that was third, after the Shlosh Yitzimah Baba, etc., and in the third, the third month. And in fact, Rav Nisim Goyen goes on to explain many more things, which are to do with the number three in connection to Matan Torah. But why is it that we're emphasizing so much the number three? 
Because, based on what we explained before, it is through Makhul Torah that the whole purpose of all of the Seyyidir Ishtarashulis is fulfilled. We explained that Seyyidir Ishtarashulis is divided into these three areas, the Rosh, Torah, and Seyyidir, the beginning of everything, the middle and the end. And that's why Torah itself is also referred to as Tlisoi, a Torah of three, or as we said before, the concept of Aleph, Beis, and Gimel, Torah itself includes all of these three things. Now that we have understood that the way the whole Torah works is in this system of three, says the Rebbe, now we can see how all of this is in a very open way in our parsha. So we have the three things under the first set of Luchis, then the Cheto Egel and the Shvirus of Luchis, and then the second set of Luchis, which the Rebbe is now going to explain how these are the three things. The first set of Luchis were engraved with the Aseris Hadibrois, the way the Eivish said, Sedimit Makul Torah, starting with an Aleph of Anoichi. The first set of Luchis, that's like the Aleph, that's like the basis for everything else. That includes the creation of the world, which was created for the Torah, which is called Rashis, etc. So that's Luchis Rishonois, represents the highest form of Torah, the way it's higher in the world, etc. Then comes stage number two, the actual descent of the Cheto Eagle, which brought about to the breaking of the Luchais. This is all hinting to the idea of the banks, the general descent into the world, like a Bereshah's Bara, the Abish just creating a world. There's a world where it is now possible to be sin. There's a world where there could be a breaking of the Luchais. As it's known that the Cheto Eagle is very much connected to the first sin that happened in the world of Chetet Sadas. All of that is very much connected to what's known as the Tzimtzumarishim, the first concealment that the Eibishter himself made in the light, and what's called the Shviras HaKelim, and then also connected with further things that happened in the beginning of creation, when the moon had complained and the moon had, had to become smaller. So all of these various different Tzimtzumim, all of these various different descents, which all ultimately allow and enable that there should be some sort of avarice in this world, practically in this world. But the whole purpose of this, of course, is that through the avoidance down here in this world, even through all these descents, we will bring about the purpose of why the world was created for the Torah, as will soon be explained. And finally we come to point number three, to the Luchis Acharoinus. They are the ones that express the Gimel, the Aliyah that's going to come through the descended and through the Shvira Salafis. And the Rebbe explains. Chazal tell us on the words Le'eni Kol Yisrael, which we quoted before, the very, very last words in the Torah, what everything that Moshe Rabbeinu has done in front of the eyes of all the Eden. So Chazal tell us that it's actually referring to the breaking of the Lufis. The Moshe's heart sort of stirred within him to break the Luchais in front of the eyes of the Eden, as the Pasuk says, Vashabrein Leinechen, and the Eibish that actually agreed to Waishir Abeinu. And the Pasuk says, Asher Shibarta, the Luchais that you have broken, the words Asher Shibarta could also be understood as Yasher, Koyuchat Asher Shibarta, like well done or thank you for breaking the Luchais. The question is, of course, what's so great about breaking the Luchais that the Eibish has to tell away Asher Koyach? So the Rebbe explains, that just like through the Cheto Eagle, the Yidden gained in becoming on the level of Bali Tshuva, and in fact the whole concept of sin was only in order to elevate them to this level, as will soon be explained. Which Bali Tshuva is even higher than Tzadikim, as we know that the place that Bali Tshuva stand 
even Sadiq and Gamur cannot stand there. And are not not only they don't stand there, and they're not even able to stand there. In a similar way regarding the Shavirist Halukhois, which came from the Chet that the real reason, the inner reason, for why there had to be such a thing, is that there should actually come addition and, and added things in the Torah itself. The Luchis Acharoinois had certain advantages over the Luchis Rishonis. As the Chazal tells us, that the Abishta said to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu was all upset and sad about the fact that the Luchis broke, said the Abishta to Moshe Rabbeinu, don't be upset about the Luchis Rishonis. The Luchis Rishonis only had Yasteris on Dibrois. In the second set of Luchis, it is also going to have included in it Allah, who he said, Medrish and Agota, it's going to make you fly in with in a double measure. As the Gemara says, if the Yidden would have not sinned, they only would have gotten the Hamisha, Humshetoyer, and say for Yoshua. As the Pasuk says, Kibiroyim Chachma, Royim Kas, which really means which much with much wisdom is much anger, but in other words, that, so to speak, with the anger of the Abishter, they now got, got even more wisdom, even more in Yonim of Toyro. Or as Rashi says, Lefishim Boatu Vuchatu, because they sinned, so the Abishta gave them now, so to speak, more Chachma, more work. But the point is that they got much more Torah and more wisdom now. And therefore, says the Rebbe, this is actually the advantage when we say that Luchis Harishoinois were made by Moshe Rabbeinu, he had to carve them out, and not made by Hashem, by the Luchis Harishoinois. So we're now actually going to be looking at the advantage of Luchis Harishoinois, of the second set of Luchis. The first set of Luchis, which we called before the Aleph, the number one, is no Torah being given from above. That, of course, gives us the Koyach, that we should be able to do our Avodah, that is the base, the second stage, and ultimately getting to the third stage, to the Gimel. Just like simply the Aleph is the beginning of the Oiseus, and that leads you to base and Gimel. However, since the Aleph on its own, meaning the Gimel, the revelation from above, is very high, completely removed and not really permeating the Tachtoinim, the Bein, the Beratius, not really coming into the world. Therefore, it's possible that that could cease, that, that could stop, that it could be a Shavita, that that could break. Because the world itself, the world, the Brio, is not really prepared and ready for it. And in fact, that's why the Torah starts with a base and not in an olive. Because the whole point is that it needs to penetrate into the world. And therefore, there was first a preparation with 26 generations until Matan Torah, etc. So that is all the Aleph, the Gilim Bible, which didn't actually last. Whereas the second set of Lucas, which comes through the Avoid of people, through the Avoid of Chuma, and the Lucas themselves are made by Moshe Rabbein. Dafke here, the whole purpose is fulfilled to reveal in the world itself how it is for the sake of Torah. And therefore, Dafke here, there is the Lucas Aharoinois, these Lucas that don't break, and Adrab on the contrary. It includes, as we said, even more, a double measure. And in a way that Torah, the Luchis, remain Beshleimus, remain complete forever and ever, and never has Besholim, even Shayev, that they should break. And in fact, eventually and ultimately, this brings to the third point, from the Luchis Acharoinus, we now move to the Gimel, which is the Gulu, which then will be revealed completely, the Milo of Tshuva, the Milo of Yidin doing Tshuva for the Chet the special mile of the Luchis Aharonois, which came through breaking and after breaking the first set of Luchis, which is, as we said, the mile of the avoiding of the person down here, 
especially if you tshuva, to fulfill the whole purpose of creation, which, as we said, is b'shulat Torah. So, in other words, what we see from all of this is that in Parshas Kisisa, we have in a revealed way these three things that we spoke about before. We have the Aleph, that is the union of Torah, the way Torah is higher than the world, the way it's racist before and higher than the world. That's represented by the first set of Lukois. We have the base of gracious borough, which it is. In other words, having a world where there's shyest to be sin and shyest to be problems, etc., etc. And that's represented by the whole story of the Cheto Egel and the breaking of the Luchais. And finally, we also have the idea of the Gimel, which is the conclusion of all the Torah, the Eni, Kol Yisrael, the Asher Shashim Barta. We have over here this idea that what should have been who broke the Luchais, but that led to the Luchais Acharonois, to the greatest advantage that comes, that could be cause of the Cheto Egel, like the Avoid of Tshuva, which is going to be revealed, as we said before, by the Gula. Says the Rebbe in Sev Zayin, and all of these three things in Parshas Kisisa come as one flow, as one continuation. You might ask, how can you compare the Luchas Rishonis, which are given from above, to the sin and the breaking of the Luchas, which came because of a problem down here? Even though, yes, it's true, it brought to something greater. But the bottom line is, there's an Aveiro here. So how can we put them all together? So the Rebbe explains, because these three things... These three stages is all part of the Seder, the way the Eimishter himself has set it up. The Eimishter set up that everything should be divided into these three categories. As we said, the Aleph, Beis, and the Gimel, the beginning, middle, and end. That is, the Adam you have at the beginning. Then you have to come to the whole middle, which is the Avodah, through which the Tatlas and the purpose is going to be brought about. And then, through the Avodah, you can finally come to the end result. Said the Rebbe Vyashloimar that this thing that we call the base, this that the Abishta set up, that there's a world and that there's a Tsimitsu, the world where we have to be dealing with our Gashmi's every day to day life, where there's a possibility for sin and so on and so forth, is not only regarding the general creation the Abishta set up, but also the results and even in fact the sin and the breaking of the Lucas, which came as we said. Because of the tzimtzum, etc., etc., and the Rebbe explains how that works. Chassidus tells us on apostolic noiro alilo al adam, which literally means that the Eidushta's deeds towards mankind are awesome and amazing, and so on. But there's another pshat that the Medrash says that the chet eitzadas, the sin of eitzadas, sort of in a sense was just blamed on Adam or Yishayin. Because the actual fact that it could sometimes happen that the Yitzhar overcomes the person and causes him to sin, that itself is because Milamila, the Yitzhar was sort of incited against the person to bring him to do this Aveil. In other words, a Yid on his own is about Shayek to the whole concept of Sil The whole idea of why sin is even possible is only because the Yitzhar wanted in his great kindness. To bring the Eden to the greatest Aliyah, higher than that, that which they are on their own. And therefore, as the Medrash puts it, Alilon Mislaboy. It was just almost as an excuse or blamed on Adamarishai. And there was this descent that happened temporarily, similar to the Possing Berenga Kodoin Azapstich, that I'm leaving you go, I'm abandoning you for a short moment. And only Bechitsoinis, only. Lemari so only to that which seems to the eye. 
So any Yeri, all of these Yeridois are only to bring about the greatest Aliyah Shaloi Be'erech, and not only an Aliyah for a short moment, as the Pesach says, Rega Kotan Azaktiv, that I'm abandoning you or leaving you for a short moment. So Chas Vesholem, that we'll see also for a short moment, rather the Aliyah now is going to be eternal in a way that there's absolutely no interruption at all, as it will be by the Gugula Amitiz Vashlema, which comes after the great Yerida in Golos, we will add the Gugula Mitzvah, She'ein Achare Golos, an everlasting and eternal ruler, after which there is no Golos, and Adirat will only have Aliyos, greater and greater Aliyos, one after the other, as the Apostle says, Ye'elu Kumechai Elo Oyu, Ye'eroel Elikim Betzian, going from strength to strength, and be able to appear in front of Hashem in Sion. In addition to the general rule that we know, that every Yerido is Tzoyro Chaliyah, that every descent is always for the purpose of an ascent. So regarding B'nai Yisrael, the Yerido itself, the descent itself, in reality, is not a Yerido, is not a descent, but rather it is the way to a greater Aliyah, Shaloi Be'erach, incomparably greater to what you had before. And the Rebbe says, similarly is also with the Chet Ego, which is similar to the idea of the Eitz Hadas. Just like by the Eitz Hadas, we said it's only really to bring to a greater Aliyah. In a similar way, the Gemara tells us regarding the Chet Ego. That really the only reason the Chet Ego took place is only to eventually allow the concept of Balei Tshuva. Yidin themselves, really, it wasn't fitting that they should end up doing such a terrible act of the Chet Ego. The image to, so to speak, caused it to happen in order to give an opening for Bali Chuvan future generations. So what do we see here again? The whole point of the Yerida is only in order that they should be able to be the idea of Chuvan. In fact, says the Rebbe, this is also emphasized in the fact that the base of Bereshus, which we just said includes the world itself, but also the Yerida, the descent, and the sin. As we said before, the base itself is indicating that there is an Aleph before it, the Aleph of Anoichi. So in other words, the base, which is Bechitsoini, is representing the Yerinda, a descent into a world and into sin, is itself really telling you that it's coming after an Aleph? In other words, recognizing that there is the Anoichi Hashem before it and leading to the Gimel of the Gula. Based on this, as the Rebbe, we can now understand that all of these three in Yonin are in one parasha, the Luchas Rishoyed is the first set of Luchas, the last set of Luchas, and even the Chet HaEgel and the breaking of the Luchas in between, have their all part of a parsha. which parsha Named Kisisa. And furthermore, not only are they one flow, but they are all one union. It's all about Kisisa. It's all about lifting up the B'nai Yisroel. It's divided into three stages, the Awan, Beis, and Gimel. The three ways of how to lift up Eden, as the Rebbe specifies. Number one, the Aleph is the Luchas Rishonis. That simply elevates the Eden in the most literal sense, Matan Torah. The base, as we said, is the Chet, the sin, and the breaking of the Luchas, which the Eben of thanking Moshe Rabbeinu for that. That brings about the Eden of Tshuva, giving an opening from Bali Tshuva, beginning with the Tshuva of the Eden at that point, including also the greatest Gilead that comes from the Eben as a result of that Eden, Gilead Midas Arachamim, etc., the whole order of asking Rachelim, and so on. And finally, the Gimel, the greatest Aliyah by the Luchis Acharenois, including the shining of Moshe Rabbeinu's face, 
And of course, eventually, the Gilia of the Gula, which is all included in this as well. Says the Rebbe, based on this we can explain that the reason why the Luchais are discussed over here in Parshus Kisisa, we asked before, it should have been a Parshus Mishpatim. Why is first we have Parshus, the whole story of the Maisa Mishkon, even though the breaking of the Luchais, as we said, was before the Mishkon? So the explanation now is, because making the Mishkon, which is the purpose of the whole state of the whole world, to make the deal of the for the Amishter, is all about revealing in the world how it's all for the Torah for your soil, as it will be revealed completely in the third base of Migdash, Migdash Adlai Kaidari Yadeh, the base of Migdash that Hashem himself makes. And therefore, after the Torah concludes telling us about the command of Hashem to Waisha about the Mishkan, which is in Parshish through with the Tzav in the beginning of Kisisa, before Moshe Rabbeinu goes ahead and tells it to the B'nai Yisrael in Parshish Vayakil, the Torah first tells us about these three general stages in fulfilling the ultimate purpose, the Aleph, which is the first set of Luchais, the Beis, which is the Eridah, the descent, the breaking of the Luchais, etc. But it's all really about to bring something even greater than Gimel, which is, of course, the Luchais Acharemis. After seeing how in the story of the Luchais Rishoinais, the Chetoegel, the Shvidus on Luchais, and the Luchis Acharoilis include these three general ideas of all of Seydrish Tazos, the Rebbe is now going to expand that to the rest of the Parsha. That is, to the beginning of the Parsha, which is being before the story of the Luchais, as well as to the end of the Parsha. And the Rebbe says on this, in Sivtes, more generally we could say that in the whole of Parsha's Kisisa, from beginning to end, we also have these three ideas. The beginning of the Parsha, the Aleph, is Kisiso as a Roish B'nai Yisroel. That refers to lifting the head of the Yid. That refers to the Roish, to the beginning of all matters. What is the beginning of all matters? Yisroel and Torah, for whom the world was created. As we know that the world was created for the Torah that's called Roishis, and for the Yidim that are called Roishis. Especially the Roish B'nai Yisroel. And as the Roish himself is standing in a way of Kisiso, I'm being lifted up. The Rebbe adds in the brackets now, even more specifically, within this itself, we also have really the other two ideas. Because in a Rosh, in an Aleph, you also have included the continuation, the middle of the end, the base and the Gil. So really, right over here, right in the beginning of PC, so you have the three things. They are, in the beginning of the Parsha, again, first of all, the Kisisa, the Rosh, being lifted up. Then you have the Erido, the Oivir al Oivir al literally means those that are passing by to be counted, but Oivir al in some places, I believe this is what the Rebbe is referring to here, some places it's also translated as those that are Oivir on the Bikudim on the Mitzvahs, it means the idea of Aveiris. But then there's also the Aliyah included in these Psukim, the atonement for your souls through the Koifar Nafshri, through the Machatzah that was given. So that's what Inigam Kisi said, the three things. But here the Rebbe is more speaking about the whole Parsha as a whole. So the beginning of the Parsha Kisisa is the Rosh B'nei Yisrael, that's the Aliyah. That's the way things are happening, the greatest way, in the highest way, Torah and Yidin. Then you have the continuation of the Parsha, the Beis, which is generally a whole story of Chato Ekel, the Shemiras, Haluchis, etc. And then we finally have the Gimel, the ending of the Parsha, first of all about the Luchis HaKaroinois, but all the way to the end, end of the Parsha, about Avoy Shemiru comes down and his face is shining. 
And now the Eden are even afraid to go over to him because he's shining so bright. This is similar to what says at the end of the Kamisha Om but all the wonders and miracles that Moshe Rabbeinu did in front of the eyes of all the Eden, in addition to also in our parsha, as it says, and it's in the floors and the Abishtas, saying that he's going to cause all of these wonders and miracles and so on, which this is all connected to the Gimel, which we explained before, the ultimate and the purpose of the Gimel and so on. The Rebbe says, in this week's Parsha, we also have, as mentioned before, the Sholish Regolim. The Sholish Regolim, we can also see how they tie into these three ideas. Chagav Heisach is the Rishon, is the first of all the Yom Tovim, and that's the Aleph. It's also Chodesh HaOviv in the spring, now, first of all, the word Aviv itself, we have a look at the word Aviv. In the word Aviv, it starts with an Aleph, and then you have a base. So, in Chodesh Aviv, and Pesach is all about the Dewey coming from above. This is the time when the, when the produce, when the grain is starting to become, when it's starting to become ripe, etc. Then you have Chagashavuos, which is the second one of the Yom Toivim, is the time when you're cutting and this time of reaping the wheat. And this represents the avoid of a person down here. And then you have finally, Chaga Asif, the Yom Tov of Sukkot, the time when you gather the fruit. Chaga Asif, Tkufas Hashanah, when you're gathering the produce into the house, which this is the third of the Yom Tov. But it also represents the Asifa, the gathering of the produce, also represents the Shlemus of all of the avoid by the Gu'ula, Mitis Vashlemus, when all the yin will be also, will be gathered. Also, if Asifim Nulva Hashem, as the Pasuk says, all the Yidden will be gathered, and all the sparks of Kedusha of the whole world will be gathered together, hinted by the idea of Chagos. Says the Rebbe, if you now we can also understand the Chidush of the special, bright, shiny light that was coming from Moshe Rabbeinu, that came specifically by the Luchai Sacharoinois, which we had before, why by the Luchai Sacharoinois, says the Rebbe, this is similar to the special advantage of the Gimel, that coming dafka after the avoided up of the base, after the Geta Egel and the Shemitah Salukas. And the Rebbe explains, it was specifically by the second set of Lukas, which came through the descent, through getting involved in a world, in a lonely world, which as we said before, that was that came about after the Shemitah Salukas. Now we have to have what's called Avoidus Habiruri, we have to be involved in the world. But in dafka through this, that we are bring about the Gili of much greater levels of wisdom within Torah, the deeper levels of Torah, the essence of Chodamon, the way it's higher even than that which was in the Lukas Rishoyos, and that's why by Moshe Rabbeinu himself that received the Lukas, he was actually shining similar to what it says, Chochmas Odom Torah, that the wisdom of a person illuminates his face, which this is such a great and high order, which is higher even than his collapses and coming down and being able to be contained. On the other hand, since this special advantage of the Lukas Acharonis came because of the descent and getting involved in a world in a base, Psal it says that Moshe Rabbeinu had to take stones from within the world, not stones as it says in the first set of Lukas of the Abish there, make the Lukas. So it's about taking the stones of the world, transforming, making the lowly world into oil, into a better place. So therefore, when you had the car out of oil panov, when Moshe Rabbeinu's face was shining, so the Pasuk says, Vayiru Migesha Selav, the Yidin were afraid to walk over to him. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to put a covering on his face to block that great Yilei that was in Torah, which is higher than 
be rooted to being involved in the world. However, this concealment of Eloisha Rabbeinu was covering his face is not for the hidden as the hidden are on their own. The hidden on their own, the Abishar also speaks to them directly without any concealments. And that's why when Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the hidden, when he was commanded, he would actually take off the covering. The hidden would see how Moshe Rabbeinu's face was shining. It's only when Moshe Rabbeinu and the hidden have more of a connection to the world, because they have to get involved in the world and clothe themselves in the birurim and so on, that Moshe Rabbeinu needs to cover his face so that the world could also be able to accept the Gilead not completely be nullified by it. In other words, the whole purpose of the concealment is not a concealment for the sake of concealment, but rather that the Yonim of Moshe Rabbeinu and Torah should be able to be accepted in the world. And through the avoid of it, in refining the world, he brings about that even as a Yid is inside this physical world, he should be able to accept the Gilu'i of Moshe Rabbeinu's glow and shine, as it will be Bishleim was by the Gula, Mitzvashleim or by the Gimel, where the Postic says, V'lo'yi k'anei fo'yid mo'yrecho. V'ho'yu e'necho ro'yu e'ses mo'yrecho. That the Yemishter won't be concealed anymore. And even as they are in this world, will be able to accept and appreciate godliness. And in fact, the world itself, will be able to see godliness. Even the stone will cry out in the wall that every single aspect of the world will be able to see the the of the Abishter in all created matter. Says the Rebbe the Sefidala, from these three things in Pashas Kisiso, we have a lesson in the Avoid of Yid for all times. As said before, since we read this Parsha once a year, there is a lesson for the whole year. And especially when we stand on Parsha's Kisisa itself, or we're reading and need a little with all Parsha. A Yid has the Koyach to achieve and bring about all matters, all of Yonim, from beginning to the end and everything in between, like from Aleph to Tav, or as we said before, from Aleph, Beis and Gimel. Starting with these three things, they are, they are the avoid of every single day. And the Rebbe explains. Right when a Yid wakes up from his sleep, as soon as he becomes a new creation, he says, That is that the Aleph, the foundation, the beginning of a Yid's avoid of, is the bitl, the submission of himself to the Abishter, to the Aleph of Anoichi. So much so that the Yid's whole existence, his Aleph, his Ani, his Ani, his whole mitzvah, his whole existence, becomes one with the Ani, with the Anoichi of Hashem, as we say, Yisrael, the Kuchabrikul, Kulachat, Yidin, and Hashem are all one. And as this is hinted in the shape of the Aleph itself, we know that the shape of an Aleph, there's a Yud on top, a Yud on the bottom, and the line in between. So the Rebbe explains the Yud, or the Yid, down below represents the Yid. The Yud on top represents Hashem, and then there is the line that connects them. It is known. What it says that the simplicity of a yid is connected and is water with what's called pshitus ha'atzimut, where the aimishta is beyond definition and limitation. And this simplicity of the yid is expressed in a revealed way when he says, Loidadi, when he's completely submitting himself or without any names of Hashem being mentioned, becoming one with Hashem completely. And that's why the meaning of yidin is that all yidin, even the tiniest, littlest, smallest children, say Loidani. Furthermore, Within Moidani itself, the word Moida is secondary, is bottled to the Ani, because the main thing you would assume over here is the Ani, 
As soon as you wake up from your sleep, the first thing is the person. He's awake. He's alive with his 248 limbs, 365 veins, etc. And then he starts doing something, saying something. Say to say, So you would think the Ani is the main thing. And yet, what do we say? We say, We don't say, In other words, that the Yid is so much connected to the Eidishter, that even before the Ani, even before he's around, Nevertheless, there's the first thing is right away the Moida, he's completely submitting himself to the Abishtar. So that's the Aleph. That's number one. Then comes Birkasar Shachar and Shacharis going to Shul, going to the base Medrash. This is all still part of the Aleph of the day, the Torah of the day. Then comes the base. When the Eid gets involved in the work of the world, he's going out from the Shul, from the base Medrash into the world. This is the base, Bereshah's borough. He has to get involved in the avoid of the world. He's getting involved in business and so on. He's doing business in an honest way, of course, but he's involved in the world. That's the base. Then comes the end of the day, the Gimul. When the Yid is completing the day, when he's making his Cheshbon on Nefesh, he's making the Sahakul, the bottom line for everything he has done in the day. Generally, of course, this is first of all in Maidim. Finishing off with Ach Tzadikim Yoydu L'Shmechal. Once again, submitting himself and thanking the Eidushter like Moidani. But now as, a, as an Eid, as a completion of the Avoidah. And finally, in Krishma Shalamita, where he's completely giving himself over to the Eidushter. Biyot Ha'afkindruchi, completely giving his Nisham over to the Eidushter. So this is it every single day. So too... In the general of Oidavid over his lifetime, Larichus Yavishan Twaibis made me for long and good and happy and healthy years. The beginning of the Avoidu, the middle of the Avoidu, and the complete and culmination of the Avoidu. Especially in our generation, the last generation of Gulas, the first generation of Gulula, after having so much of Masainu Vavidasainu of the Yidin's Avoidu throughout all the previous generations and years, then now we're definitely at the, at the end. That we have completed already the very last Birur the very last thing that needed to be refined. So now what's mostly emphasized, first and foremost, is we highlight and we focus on the fact that we're at the completion of the Avoidah about bringing about the Gimel, the Gu'ulohan Mitzvashleim of Apoyal Mamish. Says that having you based the Koya for all of this, that every single youth could achieve all of these things will be getting to end, comes from that first Aleph, from the fact that the Aleph, the Ani, of each and every single year that's connected to the Aleph, to the Anoichi of above, so that even the way a Yid is down here in this world, the whole world is created for the that's called Rashis. The Yid is the beginning of all of creation. And then it says the way we have the Koyaf to be Megala, to the reveal this in each and every year, it comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. And so too from the Moshe Rabbeinu in each and every generation, and in our generation, that through him, all of these three things are achieved. That is, the Luchas or Yishoyinites again, that which is like the Shavira Sotulchais, and the Luchas of Arayinites, and along with finally, the Karneahoid, the, the shine, the bright shine, and the glory that follows all of that. Especially, says the Rebbe, when we are in Shabbos in a time when we're reading the part, the whole of Parshas Kisisa as Rosh Hashanah Yisrael, Sisa simply refers to Moshe Rabbeinu. He's the one lifting up. That in addition to the fact that generally Yidna called the Rosh, so this through the Koya of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Yidna lifted up Nesias Rosh Kisisa as Rosh, 
And that gives us the kaya to be able to bring about all of the continuate the things that are in the continuation of the parsha and get the aleph, which is the luchos or noise, the beis, which represents avoid within the world, even when you're in such a lonely place and there are problems and so on. Nevertheless, to transform them and finally reaching to the level of the luchos haroinos with the carne avoid with all of the glory shining which every single year is the Koyach to be able to receive this by doing the Avoida in the world, these is pile that also the world should also be able to be a Kaili to receive all of this. Furthermore, in addition to the fact that each and every year receives the Gili of these Karni Ahoyd, of these Reyes. So furthermore, each and every year himself on his own gets these Karni Ahoyd because each and every year has a Moshe Rabbeinu inside of him. We know that the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, referring to the Maimar Chazal, the Gemara and the Fosif. The Fosif says, The Alter Yisrael and now Yidm, what is Hashem demanding of you? Ki Yivli Yiras Hashem but only to fear. The Gemara asks, Is fear such a small thing? The Gemara responds, Yes, from Moshe Rabbeinu it's considered a small thing. So how did that help us? The Alter Rebbe explains, Because each and every one of us, also have a Moshe Rabbeinu inside of us, and therefore, fear of Hashem is considered a small thing. So the Rebbe asks, but if that's the case, the Rebbe asks an interesting question. What does it mean, Milsa Zutrasa? For speaking about Moshe Rabbeinu, how is there anything that's considered small or petty or little? And the Rebbe explains that really within Moshe Rabbeinu himself, there's a number of levels. There's the feet of Moshe, the body of Moshe, the head, the crown of Moshe. And therefore, in regards to the lower level of fear, which is connected to the feet of Moshe, Similar to a pasuk, or Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking by the Yidden and referring and says the, the feet of the people. So regarding the regular of Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, there is something called milsa zutras, and there is something small or petty. But higher than that, Moshe Rabbeinu also contains higher levels. That which you would consider not small, but rather baden, middle or average. And then there are the things that are big and great. That is the level of the head. Or even higher than that, the crown, which is above that. And that's the idea of the rays of Moshe Rabbeinu. That is the level of Keser, as it snows, the concept of Keser, Malthus, and so on. And so too we understand regarding the Moshe Rabbeinu inside of each and every Yid. But because of this, a Yid actually includes inside of himself all of the levels, from the smallest to the middle to the biggest. And even the level of Keser, these rays of glory, and the Chiddush over here is, that the idea of Keser is Davke Shayach only to Yidin and not to Klippa. Yidin are the ones that are called B'nai Malachim princes or even kings. And that is that every single Yidin in all times and in all situations, even in Golos, every single Yid has this level of Keser, these rains and shine similar to Moshe Rabbein. In the Kaisas HaNefesh that Rebbe explains, the level of Keser refers to the level of Ratzlein. The desire, the inner willpower of a person, and really the idea of Mesidas Nefesh. And that is that the desire of, his, of every single Yid is the Ratzlein, that the Yid has, the will to Hashem that the Yid has, is full strength at all times. And therefore, the Yidin always have the Koyach and always had the Koyach to be able to withstand the Yonim of the Ghosts. That is, that even when sometimes the rotsling to matters of Kedusha was a bit behelem, but really inside 
His desire always is to fulfill the Ratzin of the Abishter as the famous Psagdin of the Rambam. Needless to say, the beginning of the Golos, when, as the Gemara says, Vatoyus to be made, every do is still some revelation of the base of they're still left over. And for a certain amount of time, they were even being recorded the month, the moon, based on what the ages would see, etc. But even afterwards, even in the depth of Golos, the cancer of the, the rays, the glory, the shine of the Yid is shining and is there full, with the full strength. And this is even more so in Man Malker Abonor, the real key, which these are the Chachamim, the Sheftayr, the judges and the advisors in each and every generation. Until our own generation, starting with Kuwait Kedushas, where you become the Adwurasi Deregu, as a preparation for the time of Shiva Sheftayr, where he should be on Sayyaf, what Philo, the Abish will be back, the judges and advisors as they were at the beginning, starting with and headed by Melech HaMashiach, the Yore, the Kerit Vishichoi, he will bring back Malchus based on it to its original state. And build the base of Mindish and gather all of the Indian. And all of the mitzvahs will come back and be fully be able to be fulfilled as they were originally with offering carbonis, etc. And the Rebbe concludes, It's if you'd give all this is that standing in Chodesh Adorishan, it was that year, which is the preparation for Adorshani, and one gul comes right into the gul, other gul, pouring straight into Pesach and Chodesh Nisan, the Chodesh Angul, that immediately will also have the gul of and therefore, Chodesh Adar Sheni and Chodesh Nisan will both be Chodeshim of Gula in a way of Mismar Gula and Gula. Especially, they will continue to fulfill the heroes of Chazal. Especially, they were holding quite a number of days after the beginning of Adarishan. And that year was already after Purim Katan and Shushim Purim Katan, which are a preparation for Purim Gadol and Shushim Purim Gadol. In a way, as it says, this world will become a big. And not only in the future, but already in the past and the present, by having celebrated Purim Kotna, Shushim Purim Kotna with great Simcha, and continuing the Simcha every single day in the way of so then the Godalia will be that the Purim Godal and the Shushim Purim Godal will be even greater, greater than great. And through Simcha, through joy, we break through all barriers. Until the main thing that in the last moment of Gaulus becomes immediately the first moment of Gaulus, Ma'ari Vuikar, take it for me, Mamsh.